headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, and my daughter is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dylan is with us in Miami. Hi, Dylan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I am 22 years old, and I just graduated undergrad and got married the next day. My wife and I don't have any debt, but... Um, two weeks after our wedding, my mother passed away. Oh no. um, Gosh, I'm sorry, Dylan. Was that unexpected? So, uh, yes and no. Mm. Uh, yes. And the fact that she declined so quickly, um, she died at 61. So she left us, um, her IRA, which has about 300,000 in it. And then the main reason I'm calling is because, um, the house that she left has $60,000 left on it. And I'm just wondering, should I, what I'm planning to do is rent it out and have my renters pay the mortgage. But I also have the life insurance, which is, I got about 90,000 left on that just kind of sitting in my bank account. Should I just go ahead and pay the mortgage off completely and then have uh, that passive income or, or what would you guys do? Wow. I'm so sorry. That's completely tough two weeks after you're married to make all these decisions i wish we could i wish we could slow down okay Mm -hmm. here's the thoughts that pop into my head okay number one uh renting a property as a landlord is not passive income that's humorous Uh, that's crap from tiktok okay Uh, because there's nothing passive about dealing with renters i've got a bunch of them uh, I have been. Well, I am planning I, to hire a, a property. Doesn't manager. matter. It's not passive. This is very yeah, active. Okay. You you have a hassle mm-hmm. factor in your life called renter. Okay, it's just part. And of they'll it. be renting your mom's home. And too. they're going to be in the just, home you probably grew up in, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Emotionally, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's the number one thing. So, so um, can this be done? Yes, it can be done. Uh, you're 22, you're brand new married. In my opinion, the last thing you need is the hassle of a rental property. Um, but if you're going to keep this and give that a try, uh, you should pay it off. Mm. Okay. Okay. And, uh, cause that will lower the hassle. You won't have a payment anyway. And so take mm-hmm. the, take the insurance money out of the checking account, and pay the mortgage off. I normally wouldn't like to make that decision on that property that quickly, but I will tell you like the current, the rate, the home Rachel grew up in is now in my rental portfolio. We kept it. It is Mm -hmm. weird. I haven't lived in that house in 20 years. It is weird to go over to that house with other people's crap in it still emotionally. And I'm, mm-hmm. I landlord a bunch of property and I grew up in the real estate business. So I've got a huge advantage over you and I'm old. I've done this a lot. Okay. You're 22. This is mm-hmm. your first property. I'm warning you that the first time that they screw around with the house you grew up in, they being the tenant, uh, it's going to be emotional for you. Just be ready for that. Okay. No mm-hmm. one is, it's never going to be the same. 
It's never going to smell the same in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so all of that now. So if you want to get a professional property manager, that's great. Uh, Are you local, Dylan, where the house is? Yeah. Are you guys close? I'm not. I'm about, I'm in Miami. The house is in uh, central Florida. That's not okay. too bad. I, I, I don't like long distance landlording either. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that it, it, uh, with all the emotions, if we had a little bit of time to digest all of this, I might just sell it. But that's even a harsher thing than letting a renter be in it. So I, it's not an automatic thing that at 22 years old, two weeks after you're married, you ought to be a landlord. That's not mm-hmm. an automatic thing. Okay? So it's an automatic thing you probably shouldn't do, actually, uh, just in terms of quality of life for you. But it's thrown in your lap, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So if you want to try it, just be forewarned that this is not it's not passive uh you're going to have some emotions around other people and smells being in your house no pets i love pets one of my favorite things on the planet is my little dog but no pets not in my rental mm-hmm. properties okay we mm-hmm. call them ten thousand dollar cats they devalue your house ten thousand dollars when they put the cat in there okay yeah. and so sorry that's the way that works so the, I'm dylan, telling, I'm, this is an experienced yeah, landlord dylan, talking for to you, you dylan for you and your wife where are you guys at financially i know you said you have no debt um you obviously have this three hundred thousand dollar ira from your mom uh, are you do you and your wife do y'all rent do you own a home where are you guys at yeah we're renting we're we're just kind of getting started financially our combined income is probably around 70 or 80 okay I would sell this house and buy you a house. I know. How much is the how much would the house how much is the house worth? Do you know? Right now it's probably worth two fifty, maybe three hundred tops. I would sell this house and buy you a house. And when I say that out loud, two weeks after you got married, your mom dies, that's very harsh for me to say that. Yeah. It's hard for you to even hear that and think about that. But five years from today, you having this as a rental property versus you and your new wife having a new home to live in. That that's a much better, wiser decision. And yeah. um, I, you know, I'm I know I'm asking a lot for you to process of a lot of mm-hmm. emotions. And you don't have to make this decision today, Dylan. You I mean, don't have to, fact, and you don't have to do it because I said do it. But yeah, it, you know, it, give yourself some time and kind of just you know, and yeah. maybe you try the renting thing for a year, and I would still pay it off. And maybe you look up in a year, and you and your wife are like, man, we want to get settled somewhere. You have a great asset that your mom left you, which is such a gift, and you can use that gift to continue her legacy. I mean, that what a beautiful thing that she, you know, has for you guys. So um, maybe it's not right now, but maybe you look up in six months and think, okay, we can make we can make this decision. But for yeah. you and your family now going forward, you and your wife, um, you can really use this to jumpstart you guys. If this house had no emotion tied to it, if it was a, if she had yeah. it as a rental property. Right, you would have sold it already in your mind. You would, you would. I'm gonna buy me and my bride a new house. You wouldn't be going. I'm gonna rent and yeah, keep but, this as a rental. And, and, property. and let me say this: this may not be Dylan's case, real quick. But the idea of having real estate—it's a big deal. It's a big deal. People want a rental property. I mean, the but idea you of you don't want to have property. a rental property two hours away and be renting yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. But I'm just saying. I know Dylan. I mean, I if I can get into a 22 year old's head, what the the kind of content. That's out there, and what people are oh, yeah. saying about about yeah. for sure tic-tac, personal finance tic-tac will tell you you got to have a rental house. Yeah, but it's a very appealing thing, right? To have this quote unquote active yeah. income, not passive. But yeah, so so there's a I, I I get where you're at, Dylan. But I think what you have to realize is when you set you and your wife up really well, 
then in 10 years you could get into you'll this have if you all want the but, rentals you want yeah yeah and you'll be a millionaire yeah and you'll have a paid for home for you and your new bride the, the impact on your marriage is positive the impact on your health is positive um, the impact on your finances is positive i just man i'm sorry sorry you're having to make these decisions mm-hmm. but that's what i would do if i woke up in your shoes sir this is the ramsey show It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use, and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Our question of the day comes from Neighborly, your hub for home services. Is your to-do list too long, whether it's a simple repair or a whole list of home improvements? Mr. Handyman's experienced professionals are here to help you make your home work for you. Visit neighborly.com slash Ramsey. And you can find expert home services. This is a really good company, you guys. It includes locally operated Mr. Handyman near you. Today's question comes from Katie in Utah. For several months now, I keep hearing ads for title theft insurance. The ads and warnings keep getting louder. I truly feel that someone is not going to steal the title to your home, but there's lots of media people promoting it. Our title is in a trust and there is no mortgage on the house or property. Can you shed some light on the subject? Sure, sure. Title insurance. Completely bogus. Do not buy it. Absolute crap. Okay? How do you really feel? I just wouldn't <laughs> want to beat around the bush or anything. I want to make sure I'm clear. <laughs> so uh, so basically, title fraud insurance would say someone signed your name to sell your house and recorded that at the courthouse. Okay. That transaction would be undone in about 30 seconds with a lawyer going before a judge and said person that signed that would be in jail for criminal fraud. Grand theft auto. Hello. It's a, you know, they just stole a $200,000 asset or attempted to with How a, could they even do that? With a though? fraudulent transaction. Well, I mean, they if go you, and pull the title and just claim if you, that if, they, if you prepare a deed, yeah, and you can type one up, right? And you sign the owner's name to the deed, selling it. Okay. Yeah. And you have that notarized, and you took that to the courthouse and recorded it. That's how I. Tra- that's how I sale on property happens. Mm-hmm. If I'm selling a property, I sign the deed, and they record it at the courthouse, and the buyer's na- it transfers it into the buyer's name. That could be done fraudulently. The number of times that happens is very close to zero. It never happens. Because it's so absurd, okay? Because the person that did it would instantaneously be caught. Hello, and go to jail. 
I mean, it's, there's nowhere they crook can hide. It's not like internet fraud where they can hide in Russia or something, right? They have to actually, you know, they, they whoever wherever that money went, you know, I mean, and the buyer would of the property would have been defrauded as well, and they're going to get nothing. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get title insurance on it. You couldn't get, you know, there's no way you could get anything. So title theft. Now, I do have, you know, I do recommend identity theft protection in general because there's a lot of kinds of identity theft out there. And that's why we've had Xander Insurance doing that for years. We've recommended ID theft from Xander. I've got it on me. I've got it on all the kids, grandkids. Everybody's got it. All the employees here have it furnished as a benefit. Uh, Xander's identity theft. But it's not title theft. And so... um, Washed up actors will promote anything on a commercial if you pay them. Okay, so media figures, quote unquote, doesn't matter. And a matter. lot of financial products, a lot of gold, a lot of yep. whole life. I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages. I yeah. mean, you got the Fonz over there doing that, you know, and Henry Winkler, and you got uh, Magnum PI doing that. I mean, you know, but I mean, it's not like they know anything about reverse mortgages. They're actors, for God's sakes. Or they used to be actors before they retired. Hello. So, I mean, it's like, golly. So, no, I mean, these are not legitimate. That does not legitimize the product. No. Crap. Do not buy title theft insurance. Now, make a distinction. There is a title policy that you buy when you buy a home where you get title insurance, but it's not theft it's title insurance that the insurance that the title is clean. Always buy that. That's been a standard part of a real estate transaction for fifty years. Okay, and never buy a piece of property without title insurance, ensuring that the title is clean. It's mm-hmm. not that expensive. And I have had in all the. I mean, I've owned what two, almost three thousand pieces of real estate in my life, and I've had a handful of instances where the title wasn't clean, and the title insurance company that guaranteed the title to be clean had to come back in and pay the other one off oh, wow. yeah now, i bought a, i bought a little house i was flipping in the uh, uh million years ago and uh, uh these two sisters sold it to me out of an estate and they forgot they had a brother <laughs> so uh, n- and he was not really they took the yeah, money and right, they didn't right. they didn't so we didn't have the brother's signature and, oh, yeah. and they were the three heirs to the estate yep, yep. and the title company that did the title search missed that and did not start, you know, and so the two sisters sign up and then they had the brother shows up wanting his one third of my house. Sure. And uh, so the title okay. insurance company, you know, they had to pay old brother brother off. Speaking of like trends that we're seeing. So this title theft insurance she's seeing on social media, you're seeing all these like financial products. Here's one on social media. And I, I probably I, I'm going to just ask you on the air because I think I can't wrap my head around. I'm trying. I went down the rabbit hole one time and I'm like, I can't quite figure you? it out. Here's you the, went down here's, a here's a here's a trend that's out there, and I'm seeing it maybe because the algorithm just keeps feeding to me. A lot of financial people talking about using life insurance while you're alive. Viaticals. Talk about that. Yeah. Explain that because okay. I get people sending me these these reels, and they're yeah. like, "We all please talk about this because it's a trend right now." A lot of people that are like, "This is what rich people do. This is what they're claiming in the videos." Well, there's two different things the, the rich people thing is the well they always inf- just throw that, that in that's the, the infinite banking yeah thing. well they just roll they just put those always in the videos to okay get but that's to, that's the infinite and then they're banking always thing, selling their that's, product that's just crap know, that's just that's bad whole life but the viatical <laughs> is uh a person okay I, i've got a million dollar life insurance policy on me and i've been diagnosed with terminal cancer 
No, this isn't what they're talking about. There's oh. no sickness involved. Oh, this is the just the infinite banking. Garbage. Okay, so keep going. Yeah, do that one. Okay, yeah, infinite yeah. No, banking. No, no, there's no sickness. Infinite banking is a another word for whole life life insurance. That's all it oh, is. Oh, it's whole life? Yeah, that's all it is. It's just whole life. Oh. You put a bunch of money in it, and then you borrow your own money out. Yeah. Infinitely. Yeah. Which you've always been able to borrow your own money. That's not new. It's your money. <laughs> You don't have to borrow it. But you're doing it through a life insurance policy. You're buying, yeah, you're, you put a chunk of money, way too much, into you overfund okay, the whole so, life okay, policy. Okay, so what? So you put $50,000. like Up front in a whole life policy. You okay. prepay it. Yeah. And it's, so it creates instantaneous cash value. So it's in there. Yes. Yeah. And so I got a cash value. Now, if I want my cash value out of my whole life, there's only two ways to get it. It's my money that's in there, right? Right, right. There's only two ways to get it. Cancel the policy, take my money back out. Sure. They're going to kill you with fees. Yeah. Or I can borrow my own money and pay them interest. To borrow my own money. Mm -hmm. And you can do that infinitely. Mm -hmm. So it's called infinite banking. It's infinitely stupid. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked. Yeah, we had a guy call in the other day. We had a guy call in to defend it the other day, and he and I got to argue on the air. It was kind of fun. Yeah. So. Well, that's a that's a big thing because they're like, you can go and like, yeah, live, a, you can live this great thing. life. That's a TikTok. And you don't thing. have to like. That's absolute bull crap. Yeah. Okay. The only way you have a million dollars in a life insurance policy is if you put a million and a half in there. That's the only way it's in there. I mean, and it makes one and a half to two percent. And when you die, you lose your money. It's whole life life insurance. It's the worst financial product in the middle class. It's the payday lender of the middle class. It sucks beyond belief. Because yeah. here's it's the, classic. Okay, so here's here's like here's like kindergarten Rachel finance. So instead, take your million dollars and put it in an account. <laughs> In a, in a invest it and live off the interest where you're not Ooh, that was paying deep. interest infinitely. Okay. You can do it infinitely. I know, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> you watch these videos, and I'm like, what? I, what is? Yeah, this going guy on? called down there. He's like, banks do this, and I'm like, banks do not do this. They do not do. Banks do not buy whole life life insurance. That's a dumb butt statement that you could only make up on Tic Tac. I mean, that's absolutely ludicrous. Banks buy bonds. That's where they place their liquidity is in bonds. And that's it's that's why your cost of money goes with the bond market. Oh my god. This, these people just make crap up. But I, you know, it's like nothing down real estate. It, you know, I've seen it about 3 times in 30 years it comes around and everybody wants to do it. And whole life life insurance comes back around because somebody that's young and dumb decided it was cool and decides to promote it, and they can make a lot of money well, selling it. Well, they sell their product. They at make the a end. lot they sell their product of money at selling the end, it. Always. Yeah, the commissions on it are ungodly. <laughs> Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Emma is in Pittsburgh. Hi, Emma. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Okay. So my husband and I used to own a bunch of rental properties, um, and we ended up going bankrupt because we listened. We had your book and somebody else's book, and the other person's book said it was okay to have debt whenever you're renting. Um, we ended up being over $100,000 worth of credit card debt, you know, just because you things were breaking in all of the houses. Yeah, and you and had no and you had no margin cuz you put nothing down. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. we have a family of six, so there was a lot of mouths to feed and I had some health issues and I was homeschooling those four kids. So okay. there was only one income. And y'all lost all um, that. We we did lose all of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, they, when was that, Emma? That was 
2017. Yeah, me too. This is 1988. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got out of that, got to the point where we could buy another house. And mm. now, as I speak, we've got $16,500 worth of credit card debt, which I'm trying to pay that down. I've got a spreadsheet. We're, we're down $3,538 in the last six months. Okay. Um, but still, the total debt is, with a $5,000 balance on a car, is... $223,480. That counts your house. That, that yes. That well, is how much of that's your house? I mean, that's all your house, except for you got the little credit card debt and the, you got $20,000 plus your house, right? Yeah. That's, okay. yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And, and what's your household income? It's right now sitting at 95. Okay. And so what's your question? Um, so my question is, I'm finding my emotional relationship with money is bad. You know, the, Love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I hate money, and <laughs> I get it rid of You are it avoiding evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spiritual stance on Emma's part. <laughs> Honestly, my, I, have, I have some family issues where my one family member has a lot of money, and he is not a really nice person. He uses it to manipulate people. And yeah. So okay. I don't want to be like him. Well, money didn't money didn't make him that way. Money exposed the fact that he is that way. All money does is all money does is magnify. Okay. If you're a jerk and you get money, you're big jerk. If you're crazy and you get money, big lots of crazy. <laughs> okay. If you're if you're kind and compassionate and generous and you get money, you're what we call a th- a philanthropist. Like you change whole worlds because you give so much. So, you know, it's not money. It's just you just got a mm-hmm. jerk in the family. Well, welcome to being in a family. <laughs> okay. So you, but you've had, so you have a negative relationship with money is what you're trying to say. Yeah, overall. And I'm not making fun of that. I'm just laughing with you because you're funny. I like you. Okay. So. And, and so it's caused a lot of pain, Emma, is what you're saying. Money yeah. is, is a place and you don't feel like you have a good handle on it because you guys no. have this credit card debt and you just think, oh my gosh, I just feel like I, I have no control over this part of my life. It doesn't feel, yes. it doesn't I've feel safe. I've proved that by going bankrupt once. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 mean, I, I did too. And yeah. so, yeah, you, then you got to decide, am I going to happen to this money subject or is it going to happen to me? Mm. And, and what's what's been going on is it's been happening to you yeah and i think understanding emma it's not just the money part i mean i think the money exposes some things but i think i wrote a book called know yourself know your money and i'll give you a copy of that yeah that book is perfect for this but it's to understand why do i handle money the way i do and i think for you emma i think it's some good kind of questions to ask yourself everything from how you were raised uh what kind of you know tension was money in the household what kind of value did your parents place on it and kind of Walking through that, understanding your tendencies. You know, are you more of a spender or a saver? Are you more scarcity mindset or abundance? Um, what what what's your biggest fear? A lot of people are driven by fear. They don't want to end up, you know, how they grew up. You know, a lot of people have that fear, so they'll they'll go they'll swing the pendulum so far where they save so much because they don't want to, you know, be poor like they were growing up and they saw the hardship or whatever it is, right? So everyone has their own their own stuff. So that plus Emma being married, you have an, you have a spouse that has the all different factors of everything we just listed. And so working together and all of that can create 
Yeah, just a lot of a lot of tension, a lot that, of stuff. That combined with the f- failure on the other part, yep. and with a house full of kids, a homeschool, all of those things combined to uh, take away your confidence and your power, yep. your emotional power over money. Does that sound Does that sound right? Yeah, that okay. sounds yeah. perfectly. Are you guys, Emma? Um, you and your husband? Do you guys do a monthly budget? We look at money. We look at the debt together yeah. and we're trying okay. to get that number down. I'm going to pile you on um, with some stuff. I'm going to give you every dollar a premium. Okay. As well okay. in this call, because I think one of the things that can feel so out of control and people do this a lot. Emma, so I'm not picking on you, but they're like, oh yeah, I just have kind of all the expenses in my head. And it's just, it's like, it's this imaginary thing that can suddenly become very isolating. It can be very scary when you don't see the facts. And Dr. John Deloney talks about this all the time, that facts are your friends. And I think a budget, honestly, working in that and seeing, okay, here's our income that's coming in. Because you guys make a great income. I mean, 95 grand, you're doing great. But to be able to say, here's the plan for that. And then for you over the course of time, and I bet you, if you guys start that this month, I bet by January, February, there's going to be a level of confidence over this, Emma, because because you're going to learn how to live within boundaries and make different decisions. And you're going to be at the grocery store and be like, okay, we got 200 bucks this week. And I can spend that and I don't have to worry. Yeah. And what what do I have to what do I have to spend to stay within that? And it's this practice of discipline and being in control of what the that's what the budget does and i think that really will give you guys a so, sense of a sense of confidence too i think the $3500 in debt that you paid off is absolutely amazing cuz you've been beating it with a hammer not slicing it with a sharp knife and rachel just gave you a sharp knife it's going to go a lot easier you just beat the heck out of it, I mean, man. So, yeah, and you so, just beat the snot out of it this this 3500 was heavy lifting you gutted that out girl because you didn't have a you didn't have a sharp knife. You're just wailing on it with a club. You, you guys should also know that most of my children are six foot tall, and our food budget is sixteen hundred dollars a month. <laughs> so that, well, that's okay. That doesn't mean too, you can't. That doesn't mean you can't get control of money. Okay, that I I know there's places. I know there's other places I can cut spending. Well, I mean, yeah. I, so I think that's you, what it you is. You don't even know where your spending is because you don't have it all written out. Right. You get every stinking detail. Yeah. It, you will be amazed. You and your husband sit down and look at where every single dollar is going before the month begins and give every dollar an assignment. That's why we call the app Every Dollar. So Because you're giving every dollar a mission, okay? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're both going to go, where the crap have we been doing? And Emma, and, and try this. You know, $1,600, that's before a budget. Try 1400 for yeah. the month, right? Like, you start practicing this, like, ebb and flow and see, okay, where can we get an extra hundred, few hundred dollars here or there? I mean, like, it, it, it's amazing the the power that that really does give you yeah. and to be able to cut stuff. But honestly, I think for you guys getting some quick wins, because I think it's, hold, I think you said, Emma, Confidence. that it took six months to pay off 3500 that. So mm-hmm. I want you to do that even faster. Oh, you're going to do it a lot faster because you're going to have a sharp knife yep, instead of a club. You're going to have that. So I think that's right. going to start to give you guys confidence. Um, but I think it's just rewiring these habits and it takes time, the, but you're not a failure, Emma. And that's the no. other thing is that this people equate their net worth or their money mistakes to who they are. And that's when they talk about shame, that shame is your identity. So, so take those apart that you are not the past mistakes that you've made. You are not your net worth. That is not who you are, Emma. And so there's a, a level there that I want you to, to release that because that stuff will follow you. And those lies will just will play a play a tape in your head that you don't need yeah you're you're doing better than you think you are especially considering how 
blunt the instrument is you're using. Yeah, but stay on the line, so, Emma, because Austin, I want to give her Know Yourself, Know Your Money, and Every Dollar Premium. You're so you going to love that book, this. Emma, because it's exactly talking about you. It's the number one bestseller, and you don't want to miss it. It's Know Yourself, Know Your Money by Rachel Cruz. And uh, it's all that, not only family history, but your tendency, scarcity, abundance, all that stuff. It's brilliantly done. You will love it, and we'll put you in the Every Dollar Budgeting app, and that will change everything. You and your husband do that together and yeah. turn off the stupid TV and tell the six-footers to go in the other room. We're working on the budget. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Ray is in El Paso, Texas. Hi, Ray. How are you? Hi, Dave. Rachel, thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, um, I was calling because I uh, recently moved to El Paso from Colorado. Uh, We sold the house in Colorado and made a good profit off of it. Um, We are renting in El Paso because we're not going to be there that long. Um, And so I'm trying to figure out what to do with this profit that I've made for the next at least five years, probably hopefully not much longer after that until we're ready to use it for uh, the next piece of property or, or home. That we, that You're going to be there five years? Uh, we are probably only going to be in El Paso about three. I'm, I'm active duty oh, okay. there, but okay. I'm, I'm near retirement, so we won't stay. Okay. Nine, 93% of the five-year periods in the stock market's history have made money. So if okay. you put it in a good growth stock mutual fund or just an S&P 500, which is a good growth stock mutual fund, and leave it alone five years, 93 times out of 100, you'll make some money. And uh, this year, you would have made 17 18% on your money. Right. Okay. Now, okay. Hear, hear, the, hear this. 66% of the three-year periods made money. One out of three times, if you leave it alone only three years, would you make money? One out of three times, you'd lose money. Two out of three times, you'd make money. Okay? Okay. Now, here's the trade-off. How much money are we talking about? Uh, $170,000. Okay. And so if you lost 10%, that'd be highly unusual in either one of those scenarios. Losing money might be losing 3%. Okay, but if you lost 10%, you right. lost $17,000. It does not wreck your world. Right. Okay, so I'm putting it in a growth stock mutual fund, something like an S&P. You can sit down with a SmartVestor Pro. If you're going to leave it alone at least three years, there is a small probability you would actually be backwards, but you're not going to be backwards so much that you lose half of it or something. That would be right. like statistically almost impossible based on history. Okay. And so I do have like a- some good investments already, uh, like in broker portfolio, and I, I saw the same things you just said when I looked at it. But I think I'm just a little bit gun shy because it's more money than I've ever had yeah. to deal with before. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you need to be prepared of is, is say, could I, could I, could I deal with it? it what, what's an absolute statistically? You know, 1% of the time, if you had a horrible, you, you were the absolute worst three-year period that you could have possibly picked, and you lost 20%, you lost 30 grand. You're still okay. okay. You're okay. Right. But you're not going to lose $100,000 on this, okay? I, I'm not. I mean, I, I really, I don't think you are. I mean, unless, uh, we got other problems in the economy if you lose that much. Yeah. This whole place has got issues then. So, um, so I oftentimes, in my situation, I can absorb that risk. And so I'll take a chunk, even if I'm not even leaving alone three years, and I'll still throw it to an S&P. 
So I throw spare change into an S&P until I get enough in there to buy a piece of real estate is what I do. But it might only sit in there a year and a half. But this year, I would have made 17% on it versus if I put it in a high-yield savings account, I would have made 4%. Yeah, they're doing great, though. <laughs> 4%. For, for that, you know, but I mean, really, it's, kind of, it's, it's humorous that they call it high-yield. It's basically yeah, I, a CD. I, it's a certificate of depreciation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks for your service. Yes. We appreciate that. And that's exciting about the, about getting some money and seeing seeing where it goes. Cool beans. Very good stuff. Jay is in Atlanta. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, Dave. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yep. Um, the reason I called in today, I recently accepted a uh, sales position with a uh, with a new company, and the details that they gave me during the interview process for the number of appointments set, kept, and then um, close rate and everything like that does not reflect the reality. And the numbers are greatly skewed. Um, The close rate, for instance, was 33% during the interview. The reality is about 12%. And then appointments kept is, is, they said majority were kept, and then it was. Well, what were you uh, selling before? Um, so I've sold financial products in the past. Yeah, when have you ever seen a thirty-three percent close rate? I would have uh, smelled a rat a as soon as I saw that. It, this is a different type of it's it's uh, outside sales, and I know. Yeah, that's high. So. Yes, it, it is very high, and that does actually reflect some of the some of the actual sales. Okay, are they incompetent the or are they crooked? I, to, to be honest, I'm brand new there, and I don't know the the numbers for these types of leads are at twelve percent. Is the and, um, I know, but I'm, I'm saying with you or with other yeah. people working there? Uh, no, this is uh, with other people working there. Yeah, okay. like this is across the board with this particular type of lead. So you've been able to check this out, and it's system-wide, it's 12%. Yes. Okay. And so they're the, either the incompetent goal, or they lied. Yeah. Yes. Both are scary to work for. Yeah, then I actually turned down another job um, to take this one. I had multiple offers on the table, and this one seemed like the better offer. Yeah, but and I mean, so I don't know how to. That, that's water under the bridge now. Do you want to work there anymore? Yeah. That's the question. I, honestly, probably not. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't think I do. The last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, right, so I, I'm, I'm a lot more scared company? of incompetent than I am crooks, actually, but I don't want to work for either one. Yeah. There's very few crooks, but there's a lot of enthusiastic ignoramuses out there. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so what do you, what, so how what's, would you approach? Yeah. What, what's I don't what? think you can go in and confront them and change them. Well, now, how would you approach a uh, another company that you had a job offer from? I would just tell them the truth. Just tell them the truth. Okay. These guys, you know, I, I, they gave me a close rate, and I got over there, and it was one third of it. And um, yeah. so, you know, and and it was all, it was almost a tie with you guys anyway. I would have loved to have gone to the prom with you, but, um, you know, the other girl lied to me. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Okay. I, if you came to us and you told us that, we would feel like we were your second choice. But we were, but it's okay. God worked but if it out. They really out, wanted here. you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's obvious yeah. you went somewhere else. Well, and so it's you obvious, might as well Jay, tell the story. Good at what you do if you have multiple offers. So even if one of those companies doesn't, I'm sure there's another one out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but I have another outstanding offer as well. Yeah. So I yeah. think you're fine. I so. just I don't think you're going to feel good about this company. I wouldn't. Okay. 
I mean, I, I've just talked to you for three minutes. I don't feel good about them, but maybe there's more information that I don't have, but that you have. But um, if if I literally, I mean, I, I had a guy that worked here that decided that we were lacking in integrity on an issue, and he quit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's what you should do. You shouldn't work for people that you don't think has integrity. I actually thought we had yeah. integrity. He didn't. He quit. That's okay. I get that. I, I don't want to work for somebody I don't think mm-hmm. has integrity. And so, you know, I you know, I don't even want people I don't want people working here that think that we're incompetent or that think well, we don't have integrity. Sure. Yeah. You should go somewhere else. I mean, you should go somewhere because it's hard to be enthusiastic yeah, about these people. I, 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 and to Jay, if you stay in that, I'm like, I would be probably looking over my shoulder. Anything that they say, I'm yeah, going to have to what, like cut the what they say in the thirds because I'm like, you're obviously don't know either what you're talking about or you're lying to me. So, yeah, yeah that's not a yeah, 40 hour. You're going to be working there full time. I'm like, that's too many hours well, in your week to, to be thinking about that. People you don't believe in. I mean, yeah. Please come do business with this company that doesn't tell the truth. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. That's it's really sorry, difficult. Jay. Though yeah. that's that's horrible to go through that. I Man, I'm sorry. Makes you mad. Mm-hmm. But um, and you kind of feel mad at yourself a little bit because you missed it. You know, I would. And I'm not I saying know. I'm not I saying just, he should. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's a normal human emotion. Yeah. To kind of like, cow, what? How dumb am I? You know. <laughs> I just believe everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would be like, okay. I do. I mean. But, you know, I had a guy working here that was lying to me, and I believed him. And I, I'm like, how dumb am I? Because I believe the guy. Right. But he's a pathological liar. But, you know, I believed him. That's yeah. my, it's my, I'm dumb. You know, and I, I feel, I, you get, that's a normal thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, there you go. Sorry, Jay. I'm go sorry. Go get you that's another awful. sales job. Yeah. You're obviously good at what you do. You got lots of offers. Yeah. You're going to do great. Life's too short, man. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.